Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lambert, and coming up on this episode, I'll be joined by the Downing Brothers, a formidable duo, twin brothers who have grounded themselves in real estate purchasing, remodeling, rebuilding, um, but not only here in the United States, but also in the Bahamas. And we talk about their transnational relationship with the Bahamas and how they're leveraging both sides to be able to create a bridge between there and the United States in terms of empowering black people to build homes and and return home, so to speak. Um, But before we get into that, let's get into our formalities. If this is your first time listening to my Black Transnational, you can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps. It's available on Spotify, Google, Apple, Anchor, wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast. You can also check us out at www.blacktransnational.com. You can also find this podcast on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast. You can also follow me, the host, at Black Transnational underscore. Again, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you like what you're listening, please rate it five stars and please leave some feedback on what you'd like to hear so that we can continue to tailor our content for your listening pleasure. Again, um, thank you so much for your support. All right. Regarding the this current episode, um, it was definitely an honor and a pleasure to have the Downing Brothers, who happen to be uh, my fraternity brothers uh, in the University of Illinois when I was coming up in 20, I should say actually 2006 and onward, and um, they've been mentors to, to me and my other um, contemporaries, and you know, just to be able to see them blossom into who they are now. And we get into a very rich conversation because it was actually interesting. I did not know that they were Bahamian. And so to learn about their background, their transnational identity, and then see how they're u- utilizing their their expertise, their resources to not just build homes in the United States, but also build home in the Bahamas and how it's so deeply rooted into their legacy and into their history and family. Um, we get into a very rich, insightful conversation. They drop a lot of gems and share a lot of insight about real estate and the idea of coming home and, and, and having multiple homes and what that means and how that empowers us in, in terms of being black and transnational um enjoy the conversation with anthony and anton downing uh good brothers as i mentioned um, i think you all will learn a lot and this is a very powerful conversation especially because when we talk about transnationalism it's not just limited to being in the united states and africa it's, it's about building relationships and creating um, bridges and, and, and wherever you want to you know establish your your relationships at and, and have your connections too uh, so to see how they're going about doing that and taking advantage and empowering themselves in multiple worlds it's very inspiring and i hope you all are inspired by that too so with that being said um, here's my conversation with the downing brothers this is episode 12 of season four of my black is transnational let's go Welcome to season four of My Dad's Podcast, My Black is Transnational. You can find this podcast on anywhere you like to listen to your favorite podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Enjoy the show. up 
everyone? Welcome to another episode of my Black is Transnational. And I got on today my big bros. And I'm I, I'm honored to have to mention that I got my big bros here. It's been a minute. And when I literally say they've known me since I was like 16, 17 when I pledged. Um, and they see me grow. <laughs> Um, it's a it's a complete honor, and I, and you you've seen them you know on HGTV. I mean they got books, comic books. They're your local fire firefighters in Chicago. Um, I have on you know the Anton and Anthony Downing, the Downing brothers, uh, who are here to talk about just their real estate experience, but also talk about representing the Bahamas and how they're leveraging both. So, bros, frat, welcome to the show. How y'all doing, man? Man, it's great to be here. Yeah, man, I'm happy. Um, I'm glad that you had this platform and that we can have this discussion because we really are living a transnational life. Yeah, Yeah. I know. In fact, I was about to say, like, man, I'm glad you caught us while we were in Chicago because, you know, we go to the Bahamas like every month. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, I was, I hit, I hit up Anthony. I was like, yo, y'all. He's like, yeah, man, we're in Chicago right now. I was like, okay, let me try to lock y'all in. And, and get this going because I know you all are always on the move. But um, before we get into the conversation, I do always like to have my guests kind of just briefly introduce themselves too because I know I give y'all y'all credit, but I also want y'all to represent yourselves well too. So go ahead and take a couple minutes and just say who y'all are and what y'all doing. We'll go into the questions. Okay. Well, my name's Anton. Oh, and my name's Anthony. <laughs> yeah. And we're the Downer Brothers. And to speak to that whole TV resume you laid out, you know, we've been on HGTV with Double Down. Uh, then our show after that, which is currently on HBO uh, Max, is, uh, you know, Backyard Bar Wars. Mm-hmm. And that's also on True TV. So, but well, we've known you, you know, going all the way back. Yeah. So, you know, to our days in uh, U of I. Yeah. yeah, you know, one of the interesting things, um, about like b- back in the day when we first met you, you know, it, unlike us, you, it was obvious that your people were from somewhere from somewhere else. You were, you know, like we knew that they. Were, I didn't know what country or whatever, but I knew immediately. But I remember talking to you earlier, and you were like, you didn't. We didn't necessarily present as a family that was, you know, that that, that was from somewhere else, yeah. you know. And um, but our mother, though we were born and raised in Chicago, our mother would take us to the Bahamas. Um, every year, yeah. Yeah. and we have a huge family. We have a huge family in the Bahamas. Like we know our family in the Bahamas, and we also have property in the Bahamas. And yeah. even though for you know the majority of our lives, mm-hmm. the property that our mother owned was vacant. It just had coconut trees and goats and chickens and grass and you know it. it, it but she would show us that property and say, "Don't you ever forget." where your family is from mm-hmm. and that you have this property here to develop mm-hmm. and when you guys get money i fully expect for you to build on this and you will never sell it it mm-hmm. should be in this family forever mm-hmm. it was like oh darn well, i guess we won't be getting the lamborghini <laughs> <laughs> that tv money and just started building our, our development going all the way back in an acre you know yeah yeah man i mean so like like you just mentioned like it was it's crazy to to even see how strong y'all transnational ties are to the Bahamas, right? It's like, you know, there's there's some people who can say, yeah, you know, my parents are from there. And, you know, like, well, I ain't never really been there. But y'all have been going often since you all were children. 
Um, and right. even now as adults, you just mentioned, Anton, that you were going to be rolling back there in a couple months and you all are building <laughs> property there. And so like mm -hmm. when I when I knew y'all, you know, coming up, you all were, you know, very, you all were always active in the community. I mean, we've always talked about what you all did at U of I with Project 500 and all the great things you all were, you were involved in, even with IOTA, the frat, right? And so you all had transitioned. I remember, you know, Anthony, you were in Kenwood, you were doing your thing then and you all transitioned to... Um, you know, you introduced me to my best friend, Martin. That's how that's how we became cool. And then you transitioned to, um, you know, being firefighters. And so then, then when did the real estate thing come up here? And then like, how did that um, take off into the TV deals and all the other things? And then we'll, 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 we'll take a step back and talk more about like y'all upbringing as people from the Bahamas, because I want to know a little bit more about that. But I want to talk more about y'all real estate experiences first. I want to say that, you know, the more we have um, that we do these podcasts and do these TV interviews, mm -hmm. people ask us about about the origin of, of this whole journey for us. And um, and, and we kind of we wrote about it, too, in, in, in our book. If you look behind me, you see we got we have a book, a family friendly book that we made um, about our real estate journey and how people can buy real estate mm -hmm. and renovate and, and do the things that we've done. Right. And the beginning of all of this, though, is the fact that on both sides of our family, our father's side, African-American from Chicago, our grandparents are from Mississippi. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they own property. Mm -hmm. My great grandfather owned property in Jim Crow, Mississippi. Wow. You know what I mean? He owned a car. Mm -hmm. He owned a farm. His name was Charlie Downing. Theodore Downing moved, fought in World War II. Uh, in the Pacific, came back, married my grandmother, and bought a house on the south side of Chicago. Then my father marries my, our mother, and then they buy a house. That's three generations. On my mother's side, my my grandfather, who we never met, and this is a whole other issue because right. our grandfather is 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 a white man, mm -hmm. and his uh, name and his name is Robert Darville, mm -hmm. and he was one of the wealthiest. Um, and most landed of the gentry mm. in, in Bahamas when 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 uh, when white people uh, controlled the government. Mm. When Great Britain but, still controlled the, the, the country too. Yeah. So, but he he uh, he he had four black children, mm -hmm. and one of them was our, was our mother. And what he instilled in her was the power of real estate and being an entrepreneur and owning business. And even though he didn't give his wealth to his black children, he gave each one of them a half acre of land. And five thousand dollars, as they all turned eighteen, hmm. and told told her, develop that land, and you know, <laughs> good luck with your life. Wow. <laughs> wow, bro! Like you all are speaking to something that's very interesting as far as one being very knowledgeable about the lineage on both ends, right? And one of the common denominators that I'm seeing coming out of this is that when we're talking about Jim Crow, right, like product of slavery, but then also like product of colonialism and a common right. denominator is still ownership right like regardless yeah, the way to be able to break through all of that is still ownership in your in, in our community and that's that's very powerful in its own right so that was a message that was passed on to you all as well and this this is the thing we were learning these these stories and learning this history as we were growing up mm -hmm. but it wasn't like at the core of my like rah-rah you know, I can't believe, wait to become an owner. It wasn't until I graduated from U of I, which for me, you know, you know how a proud moment in your family because you graduate mm -hmm. from a, 
a prestigious university. Oh, I know this story. <laughs> but I didn't have a plan for after U of I. Mm. So it, while it was a celebration to graduate from U of I, it was also sad. We ran the yard as IOTAs, right? Thanks. 03, 04, we ran the yard. I'm, I feel like the top dog on campus. We, you mm-hmm. know, all. It, but then I graduate and leave the, one of the greatest years of my life, the most fun years of my life on campus to come back to Chicago mm-hmm. and didn't have a job or a plan or anything. Mm-hmm. So I get my mother helps me to get an interview to get my first job at, um, at Joliet Job Corps Center. And I got my first paycheck and I didn't have a bank account. So they gave me a hard check so I can go and establish a bank account, bro. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I still hadn't graduated from U of I yet. So I didn't get this whole entire experience, but but continue. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm, I get a call from, it's on a Friday, it's on a Friday night. I get a call from my mom. She said, where are you at? I said, I'm on my way home because I'm still living at the crib, right? Mm-hmm. First paycheck. I get home and she says, sit down at this table. I need, I need to talk to you. But her tone of voice was like, like I did something wrong, but I'm like, I got, I graduated from college. I got my first paycheck. This should be a celebration, right? Yeah. I, I should get a pat on the back. Yeah. She told me to sit down at the table and not to move. Mm. And then when she sat down at the table, she said, uh, I can tell you feeling really good about yourself. I'm like, hey. he like, yeah, I got the paycheck. Yeah, let's go. All right, I got my first paycheck. So, so she was like, so what you plan on doing with it? I said, well, tomorrow I'm going to go to the bank and uh, open a bank account. She's like, okay, well, then what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe go out with my friends, whatever. She said, you're not a real man until you own the floors you walk on. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh. Wow. I'm stunned because I don't wow. understand where the energy is coming from. Because, you know, throughout throughout life, you kind of know when you did something wrong yeah, and when yeah. something's coming, right? Yeah, yeah. But this was so out of left field. I'm like, what, what, why Why was she waiting for me when I got home to give me this kind of energy? Mm-hmm. Her thing was like, no, I know I know what young young men do. They get their paycheck and they want to go to the club and they want to go spend it on girls and they want to do this and the other. And I'm telling you right now, that's not what makes you a man. Being a being a real man is owning the floors you walk on. So you need to save your money up. You need to get your credits together. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I want you to save money too. I want you to take a hundred from each paycheck. Now, mind you, I just got paid eight hundred and fifty four dollars. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> so that's it. And she said she wants me to take a hundred per paycheck. And I'm like, a hundred per paycheck. I only make eight hundred fifty four dollars every mm-hmm. two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, this is 2004. Yeah, yeah. This is 2004. So she goes, she says, don't, don't get up. She goes to, the, to her bedroom and she came back. And you know what? how black moms will keep like a, a little tin that has all your social yes. security numbers? <laughs> My mama got that under her mattress. <laughs> so she comes out with that and then she had these envelopes. She had these manila folders, right? And she kept where she kept like all these documents and stuff. And um, she had like her retirement accounts. And this is the first that like, and you know, the other thing, like how like black parents don't, don't share their financial information with their children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the first time I had ever seen any of her accounts. Yeah. Yeah. So she shows me like five different retirement accounts. And she said, I have taken a hundred dollars from every paycheck that I have ever gotten since I moved to this country. Wow. 
and put in and put it into into an account and went a retirement account. And when I switched jobs, I kept paying into that one and created another one. Mm. I've been doing that the entire time you've been alive. She and then she showed and then she showed it to me. One one of them had hundred and fifty thousand dollars in it. What? Another one had twenty five. Another one had ten thousand. Right. So, more of the story is. I'm a believer now because not only she been giving me this tough love, she showed me. Yeah. And then I said, mm-hmm. okay. And she gave me the information for the guy in my life. I started the account. I got my credit report. Now I made a plan. I'm like, I'm about to start saving up my money. I'm about to buy me a crib. I'm a, I'm a man. I'm about to show you. <laughs> I'm about to show you better than I can tell you. Yeah. And then I went on a mission for, for, the, for the next two years. Two and a, it took me about two year, yeah, two and a half years. At 25, bought my first property. And then the recession hit, property worth nothing a year after I got it. <laughs> then I then I decided I'm not going into foreclosure like all these people on the, on the news. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a better way. And then that's when I went on Google, this new thing they had called Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm on Google and I find out that, you know, uh, they had this thing called a 203K renovation loan. Never heard of it. My mom had never heard of it. Nobody I knew had ever heard of it. Mm-hmm. But it's an FHA loan, three and a half percent down, that gives you the money to purchase and renovate a property. And in my research, and on top of that, I'm listening to podcasts, right? Po- the power of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I'm listening to bigger pockets every day on the way to work. Two episodes a day, one on the way to work, one on the way back home. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding out about all the ways that people. You know, do real estate. They own residential properties, commercial properties, that and the other. So I'm just immersing myself in knowledge. Mm. But I found, I discovered this this loan. I go get an appointment. Go talk to the guy. He told me what I uh, what I needed to do, what documents I needed. Oh, your credit is good enough. Da 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 da. da. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that there was a loophole that I can get another FHA loan, um, on top of the one I already have by doing X amount. Thing. I did what I, what I needed to do. Buy another property in Bronzeville, 3,000 square foot Greystone. Mm. Did my first rehab. Asked my brother to come over there. Whenever I'm not here, come over here. When I'm at that firehouse for 24 hours, you come over here and check with these, these uh, contractors to make sure they're doing what, they, what I'm asking them to do. Yeah. And long story short, it worked beautifully. Then mm. I short sold the other property. I lived Starting in this. Realize. Yeah. I lived in this property. I didn't matter that my credit took a two year hit because two years later, the market had gone back up. My credit went back up. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, you know, we're selling that property, taking that money and we're buying multi-unit properties. We're doing flips. Mm-hmm. Anton, he starts doing his thing with, with his multi-units. We're both learning along the way together. Right. Um, and then we get discovered uh, by one of our, one of our boys. Uh, you know, you know, Troy Pryor. Yeah. You know Troy. So Troy, yeah. Troy Pryor from U of I, he's yeah. an alpha. And um, but he he hit us up because he saw what we were doing on Facebook and Instagram, posting these pictures and videos of our renovations. Mm-hmm. He comes mm-hmm. by. Um, and, you know, Sean, I'll let you tell that story. Yeah, so so he he calls up and says, Hey, I got this director that wants to do a torture scene, and we really kind of need a basement, like an unfinished basement. And we were work, working with, uh, with Wayne, our cousin Wayne, who's also an IOTA from Alpha Lambda, mm-hmm. uh, on a six-unit building. So we said, oh, I'll just come over to this building that we're working on. So he brings the guy over, and, and right before they leave, he turns back to me and says, have you ever thought about, like, doing a show on HGTV? 
And then we were like, no, nah, man, we just a side hustle. We think right and back then we were thinking about doing flips and stuff like that as a side hustle. Right, because y'all were firefighters still. Yeah, y'all are firefighters still. Yeah, but yeah, yeah man. He's, so, but that that led that led to 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 the this production company coming out. Mm-hmm. Feels mm-hmm. real. They send it off. Uh, it took a while too. Like everything has been a process. Nothing happened quick, right? It yeah. took like nine, ten months yeah. from that conversation to the point that we got the green light from HGTV. Yeah. But we didn't do that show, and then in the process of doing that show, once the show comes out, we didn't realize there was a lot more to this. Now, now we can create a brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, you always are a brand, whether mm-hmm. you know it or not. Mm-hmm. All right. Officially doing the things that it takes. So we had no social media for the Downing Brothers. We had no logo. We had no website. We had no email address. We had nothing. And we're right. on TV. Mm-hmm. We're on TV. And people are asking us how to reach us and how to learn more about us and this that, and the other. So now we're like, we're just responding to, because now we're on every TV network getting interviewed on right. WG. Yeah. We're in every right. newspaper, the Sun Times, the Tribune, the, uh, the the Chicago Defender, like we're everywhere. <laughs> all of that. And now we're responding to all of these different things. And so, but then behind closed doors, like we go back to our mother. She's like, okay, you guys are making money, you got some notoriety. Don't you forget about Bahamas? Don't go, don't forget the crib. Yeah, right. Don't forget. That's to bring this thing full circle. Don't forget. And home. and that's when we realized that land that she inherited from her father like 50 years ago, he bought it for an acre a pound. Mm. He bought it for an acre a pound back in the 50s. Wow. That's that saying, you know, these acres are now worth seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars mm. with nothing on it. So it was like, so you can only imagine that we're going to build like nine with uh, properties total. Mm-hmm. And those are going to be worth multiple multiple millions of dollars you know man so like and that's 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 the thing that like just being able to have that person remind you of home right and and i have a story some very interesting story similar to which especially like as far as graduation and the parents reminded when i graduated i got my my undergrad it was cool you know that was that was all right every i kind of kept going for my um my master's and then i decided to get my phd at u of i and when i got my master's like my dad was like, yeah, um, and he's in Nigeria. Like my, my dad is in Nigeria. And so, you know, when I get the chance, I go to Nigeria, um, you know, every every December if I can, if not every, you know, at least every two years for sure. But mm-hmm. we have a family reunion, big family, my dad's side, big family, um, and we in a village. So like, he was like, yeah. Um, so what are you gonna do once you're done with this? I'm like, yeah, I'm finna get my doctorate, you know, probably go, you know, you know, get my MD, PhD, whatever. And he was like, well, at the end of the day, you need to have your roots planted. So I was like, what does that mean? And he was like, you know, he's like, you're in America, but at the end of the day, you're rooted in Nigeria. And that means that you need to have your own seed to plant. So this dude bought me for my master's. He didn't, my graduation gift, he bought me land. And I was like, no. I was like, what am I going to do with this? You know, because at this point, I didn't understand the value of real estate. Right. Okay, he would okay. talk to me about these things. He was like, you know, because when he would come to the States and we'd sit down and talk, I'm maybe at this point, 17, 18, I'm just starting college. And he's just like, look, 
you need to have this, you need to have an entrepreneurial mindset, you need to do this, that. I'm just like, okay, that's cool, but I just want to graduate college and I just want to, you know, get money and be and, and, and be a doctor and do these things. And he was like, no, like the real money is in ownership. And I was like, okay, when I get there, it doesn't seem like it's hard to own anything. Just pay the money and you'll own it. So as I got older, though, he started to really, you know, explain to me, like, when you have land and it sits in a property and appreciates and the, the entire, like the village where you think that is just bushes and stuff now, he's like, people need space. He's like, the population is expanding. People are giving birth every day. People are growing and surviving. He's like, people need space and room to live. So real estate is valuable. People want land. So he was like, once you, and once people start building around that land, your land is going to appreciate in value too. That's where the money is. And so just like, so when I went to Nigeria, I say 2016, you know, I didn't know my dad had like different houses that he was renting out and doing all these different things. I didn't have no idea. I just thought he was just building houses and just like, just no one was there living. He was just like vacation homes. I was like, ah, this man got money, but he just out here splurging, not taking into consideration that this is him building wealth and, and trying to build it in a way that can transcend not just you know generations but transcend country boundary lines where he's like look take this value here and you can have this is your land you're my son but i want you to also have your own for your kids so that now you can start bridging that gap between what you're accomplishing in america but also Mm -hmm. now taking that to the next level with africa he's like both lands are yours he was like it's for yours it's for yours to take you need to be a global citizen and not just relegate yourself to being in one country. And so that's when I started to say, ah, okay, like this this is starting to make a little bit more sense, but I didn't know how to begin in the United States. Like, where do I begin? Where do I go? Um, and so when I met my wife, she definitely was a little bit more savvy in all of those things. Like she understood the value of owning property. So we would just, you know, talk, chop it up and talk about things and, um, then when we left Florida, like when I got, like I was telling Ant- Anton, like I, I did my postdoc in Florida, I was in Gainesville and that's when we moved in together and we were in an apartment. And then, you know, before we got married, she was like, well, you know, we not, we not getting married until we actually get a, get, figure out how we going to do this. I'm not moving in with you until, you know, we actually say I do. So we got married and then I, I got my, my job offer here in upstate New York. And she was like, I was like, yeah, we just gonna get an apartment and just, you know, just rent it out. And she was like, hell no, like we need to buy a house and build our credit. Like, and we can be able to build equity over time. Like, and I was just like equity, like, girl, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, so Ah, this this is it, this is it. Right. So she was like, we need why she, cause she was like, why pay, you know, why pay $1,200 a month for rent when you can probably pay the same amount for your mortgage and you can actually get money back in the future when you're ready to leave. And I was like, oh. is, she, is she Nigerian as well? No, she's African American. All right, so so it was okay. like it was like, oh crap, like okay, this is this is let's let's do it. And so we just started getting into this. We're still in the process of learning, just as you all mentioned, what real estate is, and and we got our crib and we remodeled it, and now we're moving back to Chicago. I mean, we've sold our crib, and it's a crazy market now. So, of course, the value, we got it for like twice as much. We've put in a lot of money renovating it and everything. Yeah, tax-free. Lesson for everybody listening right now. You're on your primary residence for over 24 months. 
you get to keep the profit tax free. Mm-hmm. All right. So think about that. And, and I'm talking about, you know, I think some people don't understand. Like when you get that, 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 that check for $50,000, $75,000, $150,000 and it's tax free. Mm-hmm. People don't get that. People don't see that. People don't see gotta, that. Got to consider some things. Yeah. So we're, we're learning yeah. as well and we understand the value. We're trying to, we're trying to expand it, not just here in the United States, but also back in our home country. Um, and for her being African-American and my kids, we're really trying to utilize um, the, our, our, our experiences of both lands to be able to say, Hey, look, this is how we create a better, a better world for y'all. We're going to create this bridge so that our kids can be able to say in December it's too cold in Chicago. We going to Nigeria. We got, we got a crib there. It's nice. Right. And it's, oh, it's too hot over here. Should we going back to whatever you want to do? We want to go shopping. We going to go back to Chicago, whatever, but we have to create those, those lanes for our future generation, if not ourselves. But then that takes me to the question I was going to ask y'all about y'all upbringing, right? And I know y'all speak to having really strong roots uh, from the islands, but also y'all ties here, you know, from your father's side. What was it like growing up? Did y'all notice any tension, especially since you have you have ties to both sides, right? Did y'all notice any tension between how, you know, people from the islands of black immigrants looked at African-Americans um, and the other side of the coin, like, did y'all deal with that growing up? Did y'all have to shape, change y'all identity or no? Um, I think that I did notice um, that our family in the Bahamas would speak to us having a privilege that mm-hmm. they didn't have because mm-hmm. we could freely go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And that we had access to, to different things in, in the States that, you know, they would, you know, not necessarily have it as easy access to, or even today, because like we can get something from Amazon shipped to us like overnight, but shipping to the Bahamas doesn't work like that. I mean, at all, you know, it takes them weeks to get things that takes us a day, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, and I I think what's deeper is because like my mother called me today, I'm walking around Whole Foods and she, you know, in Hyde Park and she says, yeah, I need you to bring me your largest uh, suitcase because I got a lot of stuff to take back home. And I'm like, Mom, I already gave you a suitcase like a few weeks ago. Yeah, but it's not big enough. You need to be in a bigger suitcase because yeah. she's always taking a lot of stuff yeah. back home yeah. to Nassau. Yeah. Right. You know, you can't come home empty handed. You can't, can't come home. You can't empty-handed. come. That's one thing. That's one. That's a trend. That's a theme that a lot I've noticed across various. People I've talked to on this show about who have that transnational, you can't come home empty handed. You got to come home with something, right? And even, especially if you're, especially if you, the parent is the one that's the, the mm-hmm. true immigrant that left, right? They can't yeah. come home empty handed. They got to come in with a, you, you're traveling with at least two luggages. She, one for she you. Buying, she buying dress shoes for people. She's she bringing back mm-hmm. purses and all types of stuff for uh-huh. her cousins. It's a lot. She brings back a lot. Yeah. That's the <laughs> culture. I mean, the other thing, too, that, that, that we, have were always put on notice is that you better not um you know fumble your opportunities you're in the states you have access to this education and to these types of loans and to these jobs you know everybody in in bahamas um there's a limited amount of jobs especially once you get above you know a certain level once you get to middle management and you're trying to get higher and higher and higher Mm -hmm. 
there's less and less opportunity. Mm -hmm. So for this, for a lot of them, they're all always considering, can I get to the States? Can I get to Canada mm -hmm. so I can get bigger and better opportunities? But mm -hmm. we're already here. So they all, they're reminding us all the time. You already have access to all of this stuff. You better take advantage of it. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Like when we became firefighters, you know, at first, you know, you're only making forty, fifty thousand dollars, and you you say, and it takes like three years to top out. Mm -hmm. My mother, she looking at us like, uh, when you get your master's degree, mm -hmm. right? Like, but mom, we have great jobs. Education. Yeah, I'm happy for you. But when you getting your master's degree? Education. I was like, but but, but we we've done everything we were supposed to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It didn't matter. Yeah. It, it, it's like you better maximize whatever is possible for you. You have to go get it. The education is a big thing. You got to get it. The education and, is a and, huge thing. And, and the crazy business. part about it is like, I went and got the master's degree in emergency services management, you know, because, you know, it, it, as a firefighter, it would help you become a chief and all of that. Okay. But never have I used that degree. Mm. All these years, it's later, for the parents, bro. <laughs> it's for the parents. It's for the parents sometimes. Yeah, I mean, because this this is the thing I know about 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 parents, in, in particular, our mother. Mm -hmm. She's concerned about choice. Mm -hmm. Do you have yeah. a choice? The more education you have, the more choices you have. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have a great job, but if that job goes away, what you have happens? the education to be able to get another one. Yeah, can you change careers? Yeah. But on the flip side of that, she's also bringing to us this whole entrepreneurial mindset about you got to own property, you got to be able to collect rent, you got to be able to, you know, save up money and be able to to, to have the the choice to to invest in other things. So it's all about choices, and that's the reason why you know she didn't care how much money we were making from our career. Like, no, you go get this education, and then once you get money, you can't be satisfied with just one property. You got to get another. And it's just always like get more, get more, get more and make sure that you maximize your opportunity because there are people back at home, right? Back at home, yeah. they wish that they had the opportunities that you had. Absolutely. So then, I, and I know we, I don't want to take too much because I know y'all got to go in a little bit, but I do want to ask this question. So then how are y'all bridging your father's side? Have y'all tried or made attempts to connect them to the Bahamas or, you know, your mother's side and expose them to that part of, Y'all lives. Yeah, well, I mean, well, you know, like our cousin Wayne, mm -hmm. you know, going back to Alpha Lambda, mm -hmm. our cousin Wayne, he went out there, uh, I want to say last month, mm -hmm. you know, and I, what, is it, was that his first time ever going out there? I'm not sure, but you know, that's from my father's side. Mm -hmm. And he brought his whole family out there and he's, and he's seeing how like we building and stuff. He's like, he realized. And he, he stayed he, in the property that we built. Yeah. He stayed at the property we built, not at the hotel, but at our property. Yeah. No, and then and then his mind, his wheels start spinning. Like, oh man, how much does a lot cost? Is there something I can build close to where your your property is? So now the wheels are spinning because of exposure, right? Because right. like, like, which is why it's so important for us. Like, I haven't taken a trip to Nigeria or to Ghana yet, and it's on my bucket list mm -hmm. because I know once I get exposed to it, I will then see the opportunities, bro. Yeah, there are opportunities, man, and um, and that's one that's one of the things that this podcast is about because I want to kind of put out there, and I, and I want to hear your thoughts because for me, I've always said that if I can expose, if I can bring someone who's never known or never thought about it, and let you know that your dollar, I don't know what the the rates are in in the Bahamas, but that one dollar means something overseas, right? Like for me in Nigeria, mm -hmm. like one dollar, one dollar is like. 500 naira maybe it's probably less now but like 
you can take a thousand dollars and you can make something really happen, you know, back at the crib. Yeah. And so yeah. I try to tell my people's here, especially my African American friends and relatives, like, yo, this you you struggling for a thousand dollars, and when you get that thousand dollars, you blow it on whatever. You can take it back to Africa and you can actually start building something. You can invest in something. Even if you just want to travel and really get to experience, because I'm sure your cousin, when he got there and he saw y'all property and he saw that these floors ain't just regular like wood floors. They damn near marble probably. It's like... <laughs> you are actual. You, yes, you, you know I know. Because I know that life. This is a, this is what I'm telling you. The trans... Because it's, it's easier to get that stuff and build it there. And it's like, yo, this is real yeah. marble. Like, yeah. oh... And to get that in the states is a lot of money, so you start to see that you can build you a dope mansion back at home, and or back in this place you can claim to be a new home, mm-hmm. and you can do and you can create a, a life that's enjoyable for you and your family. That's yours, yours. No one's coming in right. trying to you know take it from you. No, like this is your home. That's there's something powerful to that, and I, and I try to get brothers mm-hmm. like y'all to encourage the listeners yeah. to, to that this is true. No, it's absolutely true. And I do encourage, um, you know, some most people call it vacations. Like when they leave the country and go somewhere, it's like, oh, I'm going to go on vacation to the Bahamas. I encourage people to take that vacation money and think of it more of a, as a business trip that happens to have fun things to do. Because if you take a vacation um, to anywhere in the Caribbean or a vacation to you know, Ghana or Nigeria or South Africa, mm-hmm. but use it as a business trip and ask questions. How, you know, what is the process for me to purchase property mm-hmm. here? What is the process for me to open a business here? What documentations, how do I apply? What, what, what government agency do I go to? Mm-hmm. Where is it located? Once you find out these things, go to the immigration office, go to the, 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 the commerce uh, office in person and ask questions and know how things work on your vacation, make it a business thing because you'll be surprised that certain places are encouraging you. They are happy to see you. What, you from America? Oh, you have a little bit of money. American dollars over here? Okay. Oh yeah, this is how it works. And this is what bank you can use and you can start an account here. And this is, here's the application. This is how you can apply for your your, your, your status if you want residency or if, you, if you're trying to get a business license. Like they, some places will roll out the red carpet for you. So use your vacation as a business. And then on top of that, on your taxes, you can write it off because it is a business trip that you happen to be having fun on when you go on the ATVs and go to the beach or whatever. And, and one of the benefits in the Bahamas is that because it's so close to, to the U.S., Florida in particular, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have your Airbnb, you have your Verbo, you have most of the same amenities in the U.S. You yes. have those in the Bahamas. Yes. So you can make, like our properties yes. down there, we're going to have all of them on Verbo. Why not? We're going to have all, you know what I'm saying? That's- it's it's money to be made. That's exactly right. That's exactly what's happening in other And every parts. trip to the Bahamas is written off. Yeah. Every meal is written off. We're there for business. Bro, mm-hmm. this is the game. This is the transnational. I mean, and a lot of times we talk about the cultural experiences, but this is the conversation I wanted to have for the listeners to understand that being transnational is dope and all the bite, you know, having these multiple cultures uh, is good and is good for stories, but you also mm-hmm. need to be able to leverage this. You can leverage this to be able to actually create wealth for you that you never thought you can gain by just focusing on being a part of one country. When your ancestors, believe it or not, 
built a lot of these other lands. Like you might as well take advantage and earn what's yours. And and for those who are saying, you know, I don't know where either pick a pick a country, pick a land, pick a pick an island, pick a you know, in, and figure out just mm-hmm. as Anthony mentioned, figure out their immigration, invest in invest in Africa, invest in the diaspora and the Caribbeans because they're looking for you. Like believe it or not, they're not running away from you. They're looking for you. Look, look in Bahamas, there is a department. Of um, it's a department of tourism, um, mm-hmm. tourism and foreign investment. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the of the ministry. Mm-hmm. The department of, of of tourism and foreign investment. investment. You go to the website. You read about all the things that they are that they're proposing, the things that they want. Mm-hmm. The fact that they even have foreign investment on there, foreign is you. That's who they want you to come. They want you to come and invest yeah. in this country. Yeah. Look at look up the a, a department for tourism and a department for foreign investment in every country that you're thinking about visiting. Mm-hmm. So when you go to to Accra mm-hmm. in, in Ghana, or if you go to, to Lagos in Nigeria, or you go to Cape Town in South Africa, mm-hmm. look for the Department of Tourism and Foreign Investment. Sometimes they're one and the same, sometimes they're separate, but they're all going to be in, in letting you know what policy is in that country at the time mm-hmm. and how it could benefit you. So, so I mean, well, Anthony, I don't know if you want to add to it. Or... No, no, I mean, he 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 made the point. He made the point for real. Yeah, I mean, so like when it's all said and done, because I, I, I we we we're getting close. Um, I I want to just get y'all spill on what do y'all want to accomplish? Because y'all are doing so much, and you all are working hard. And now that you all have, you know, kind of built off of creating y'all brand and you all are now continuing to, you know, get stronger as far as promoting your brand. What do you want to be your ultimate goal um, from a transnational experience or just from a really, what, what, what do y'all want to accomplish ultimately when you can be able to look back, tell your, your descendants or just tell yourselves when it's all said and done, like, yo, this is what we did. It's our legacy. We did it. Um, I, I, recently I've been thinking about um, the things that we're doing and pushing for, and 10 years from now, and uh, you know, and 10 years can go by the flash, we know this, but 10 years from now, we, I want us to have a downing family portfolio, real estate portfolio, mm. that includes properties in the US and across the Bahamas, not just in Nassau, but in, in, in Eleuthera, Exuma, um, properties that we can then, um, you know, that we'll be renting to people um, for long-term rent for, for, for people who, for Bahamians mm-hmm. and then for short-term rentals for people who are coming to visit. But then for us also to own um, a studio, mm-hmm. I, I want to have a film studio, mm-hmm. whether we have it in the Bahamas or we have it in Chicago, mm-hmm. but I want a studio for us to be able to make the type of shows that we can put on BET plus mm-hmm. um, or on Hulu or, uh, you know, like, I mean, yeah, all Hulu. the services yeah. right yeah. now, yeah are hungry for content yeah. and once we're in position to produce these shows eventually we need to have our own studio and own that land mm-hmm. i'm talking about like i want 20 acres 30 acres like tyler perry has down yeah. in atlanta yeah so that we can give people the opportunity and the space and the access to make any type of film or movie or, or tv show that they want to make mm-hmm. that's dope we gotta own the land though you gotta own the land you know, our, our podcast is called Homecoming with the Downing Brothers. Yeah. And I want my, um, my memoirs or our collective memoir to talk about our homecoming being, you know, 
from a transnational, you know, state of mind, mm. how we went to Chicago and we came back home mm. and we made, you know, such a life for ourselves financially, mm. you know, spiritually, everything. Yeah. Yo, that, that way. That's that's that way. That's that's the way it is. Um, man, bro, I know y'all got a y'all got a thing at the top of y'all, so I wanna I wanna I wanna thank y'all again for y'all time, and I really appreciate it. And like, and I and I think we'll be able to have more conversations in the future. I'm planning to be able oh, to have absolutely. y'all. We can run it back again in the future. Um, but I do want to just say, how can the people reach you? How can people stay in touch with you? If y'all can just want to drop y'all information real quick, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Our Instagram is the Downing Brothers. Uh, our website is www.thedowningbrothers.com, and uh, you can go on HBO Max to see our show. You know, Backyard Bar Wars, and check us out at the BET Awards. We're gonna be there in June. Yeah, yeah. And check out and check out their podcast, Homecoming with the Downing Brothers, as well. You can download that on any of your favorite podcast listening platforms. Check that out and, and learn something. Learn a thing or two. Um, brothers, crap. I appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all so much. It's nothing but love. I wish y'all nothing but success. And let y'all let me know how I can help. Um, and but with, I, I'm looking for more conversations once I once I touch down in the city. Oh, for sure. We're pulling up. All right, bro. Olay. Olay. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of My Black is Transnational. If you like what you heard please be sure to subscribe and download this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps if you'd like to learn more about this entire operation you can check out our website at www.blacktransnational.com you can follow us on instagram at black transnational podcast you can follow me the host at black transnational underscore and check out our facebook at black transnational podcast and we are on twitter at mbit thank you so much again for listening until next episode My name is Dr. Khalid G. Bay Lambert. My black is transnational. And I hope by the end of this, yours will be too. Peace.